Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, Singapore is known to be a medical tourism hub due to its good facilities and services, with the country's healthcare system ranked first in Asia and fourth in the world in medical tourism index by US-based Healthcare Research Centre. According to the Yusuf Ishak Institute Singapore, about half a million foreign patients visited Singapore annually for medical treatment prior to the pandemic. Now, while a bulk of them stopped entering Singapore in 2020 due to COVID-19, it seems like premium regional medical tourists are returning again. But to what extent has that boosted business for private healthcare providers? Well, that's what we are going to find out from Mount Elizabeth Hospital today. For more, let's speak to Yong Ming, CEO, Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Well, Yiming, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Tian for having me on the show. Great to have you on as well. And Yiming, I'm sure most of us would be fairly familiar with Mount Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Some of us might have even been treated at Mount E as well. But tell us more about your value proposition, business model and international footprint. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, that's correct of you to say. In fact, today, uh, as we speak, we are beginning to see a multi-generational type of uh, patients coming to Mount Elizabeth Hospital. We do not only have uh, friends who are born in uh, Mount E. We have actually friends with kids are also born in Maui today. So we're really looking at two to three generation of patients, both locally and uh, overseas, coming to Maui for all kinds of uh, medical treatment. So one of the key uh, interesting fun fact of uh, Maui Elizabeth is we are actually right smack in the middle of Orchard Road. So that is itself a very interesting value proposition because especially for foreign patients who come by uh, Singapore to seek uh, medical treatment, you can imagine they can do their shopping, they can visit friends, they can have fun and at the same time seek medical treatment, whether elective or not, uh, at Mount Elizabeth Hospital. So this is one interesting uh, value position that uh, Mount E has been able to offer since 1979. So today we have about 30 to 40% of our patients uh, coming from overseas, while the remaining 50-60% are actually Singaporeans. So you can see the mix itself uh, is uh, is quite unique in the sense because uh, we are quite dominant in terms of the foreign patient pool. And that is also because of our uh, long-term history in treating overseas patients such as Indonesians as well as Vietnamese. And today, uh, these two uh, geographies are actually uh, two of our key uh, locations where foreign patients come to us to seek treatment for. We are also a hospital that actually very entrenched mm. uh, in uh, complex uh, operations as well as medical care. So this itself is quite unique because we tend to see patients who come to us for long-term care on top of the usual elective care that most patients come to hospitals for. So we do have foreign patients who come to us with longer average length of stay purely because they're here for treatments They are on a long-term basis. Right. And uh, well, uh, Yiming, I really want to focus today on the medical tourism side of things. And according to Yusuf Ishak Institute Singapore, about half a million foreign patients visited Singapore annually for medical treatment uh, prior to the pandemic, a bulk of whom stopped entering Singapore when borders were closed in 2020. But as we all know, uh, borders reopened last year. So to what extent has medical tourism recovered and how has that boosted Mount Isa, Singapore business over the years? Yeah, I think we've all gone through two 
two years of COVID, and we also knew that uh, different countries really opened their doors at different time in the last one year or so. So I, I recall sometime around August or September in 2022, when Indonesia, Malaysia started reopening their borders. That's where we see a lot of uh, foreign patients starting to come back to us. I wouldn't say we are back to its uh, pre-COVID uh, status in terms of the number of foreign patients, but we certainly saw a lot of pent-up demand uh, meaning patients will not be able to seek alternative treatment which otherwise couldn't they couldn't uh, achieve in their uh, respective countries uh, suddenly decide to come up uh, come out of their countries to seek a treatment in Singapore at Mount Elizabeth Hospital for example so this was a, a, a norm that we saw for a good six to eight months and I would say even today all right we are still seeing effects of that so we're really seeing a peak a sudden peak uh, because we are two years of uh, COVID where we don't have that kind of volume, all right? Uh, but I think there is still uh, capacities and there's still some uh, uh, patients that have not come to us as different countries start to open up their borders progressively. Hmm. So what would you say is the gap right now? Maybe uh, Indonesian tourists are not coming in as much or Chinese tourists are not coming in as much. Uh, what would you say is the uh, the gap or the difference between now and pre-pandemic days? Yeah, I think the Indonesians have pretty much come to us. If there's any gap, it is uh, really a, a minor one, maybe a 1% to 3% kind of gap. Uh, what we're really missing are, are perhaps patients from China. Recently, they just opened their borders. So we're still anticipating the number numbers of Chinese patients coming to us. Uh, in, the, in the last one week or so, we're already beginning to see Chinese patients coming back to us. And uh, these are the patients who tend to seek uh, uh, a higher complexity medical services, for example, medical oncology, as well as some of the neurosurgical kind of services that they may, may come to us because we may have a better quality of care as a renowned institution in Maui. So we are beginning to see, but uh, in certain geographies, we really have not seen the, the full numbers that we used to see in the pre-COVID sense. So a good example would be the Chinese patients, for example. If I have to compare the Chinese, the Vietnamese, as well as the Indonesians, uh, the Indonesians have definitely come back to us in a, in a big force, in a way that uh, we have seen in the pre-COVID, but I think we still can have some coming to us. Vietnamese are coming to us, uh, in greater numbers uh, as we as we go week by week. Uh, so I'm not, uh, uh, I, I do anticipate actually more of such Vietnamese patients coming to us. The Chinese will just have to watch. Uh, so far, so good. It seems like they are coming back to us. And as I shared earlier, uh, Mount Elizabeth Hospital is actually right smack in the middle of Orchard Road. So sometimes we tend to take reference from the shoppers crowd uh, around Paragon and the Takashimayas. <laughs> and that actually sometimes gives us the kind of reference or proxy to whether the foreign patients are back or not. Right. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Yonggi Ming, CEO Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Well, Yiming, let's switch gears to look at how the wider IHH healthcare, which Mount Elizabeth is in, is a future-proofing itself for the longer term. Now, IHH has put a strong focus on value-driven outcomes. In particular, it set a specific target to achieve 90% of value-driven outcomes at or above international benchmarks by 2025. So to what extent is Mount E on track to achieve that? And uh, what would that mean for Mount E's top and bottom lines then? I think the Mount Elizabeth Hospital is part of the IHH Global Network of Hospital. And uh, we are definitely part of the value-driven outcome journey uh, together with our sister's hospital globally. Uh, I wouldn't put in the perspective that the value-driven outcome is really about, uh, about the P&L or financial aspect of the hospital. Ultimately, what we're trying to drive at is to reduce the variability of how 
different kinds of uh, care and treatment can be conducted by, by doctors, especially in our system where we have a large spectrum of doctors of a different generations, even practicing uh, together under the under one roof. So it's important for us to be able to identify uh, what are the variabilities and then we mitigate the variability so that uh, the cost of the treatment can be less varied from doctor to doctor. At the end of the day, we're really looking at the treatment outcome. We're looking at things like how long do they even stay, if the patient stay with us after the treatment. All right, we try to reduce the average length of stay so that um, most patients under similar conditions going through the same treatment would essentially stay for almost the same number of days in the hospital. So if you can imagine if we start working on this and have all the indicators in place to monitor, track, uh, with every patient coming through our door, uh, you can imagine the effect of it to the patient is really a much more moderated and reasonable financial outcome. So I wouldn't say it will affect the PL. What it really means is if we do this well, more patients will come into us, uh, trusting the way we uh, handle treatment outcomes, and that itself will take care of the business, in my opinion. Mm. And speaking of one way to improve that value-driven outcomes is tech enablement and the, uh, well, maybe the purchase of more high-tech equipment, I, I would assume. And uh, you guys, Mount E is the first hospital in Southeast Asia to acquire the world's first photon counting CT. Uh, sounds like a, a jargon here, but uh, it's used to optimize diagnostic and treatment pathways for patients in Singapore. So tell us more about that and what that would mean for Mount E's business. Yeah, thank you. The Natom Alpha uh, CT machine, uh, essentially, just like most of the new technologies we've introduced, not just in Mount Elizabeth, but the rest of the IHH network, is really to allow our doctors to have new technology to improve uh, diagnosis, improve treatment outcomes, and in most cases, right, uh, also allow a broader spectrum of treatment options for our patients. Uh, to use another example, the Da Vinci XI robotic surgery uh, robot, for example, right, there is really no difference between uh, in terms of the treatment outcome in most sensors in terms of a traditional surgery versus one that is done through a robot. At the end of the day, uh, each patient come to us with their own condition, the doctors can decide whatever treatment outcome it works best for the patient. And what really happens in the process is the doctor in the process of evaluating what works best for the patient has more options than what a traditional uh, 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 medical facility may offer. So along the way, we will look and evaluate what uh, medical equipment or new technology, if I may put it across that way, that will be useful uh, if we look ahead in the, in the journey of patient care in the next 10 years, and then we'll start to look at what are the options and we'll start to invest. I mean, in the same light, uh, if I have to move away from technology, uh, it is no secret that Mount Elizabeth Hospital is undergoing uh, its first major asset enhancement uh, in over 40 years. We actually term it the Project Renaissance. Uh, this is the same uh, 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 effect of what we call care for good for our patients, because at the end of the day, as we look and strive to achieve a good treatment outcome for our patients. We also want the patients to be able to heal and recover in a comfortable and, uh, and modern setting, uh, in such as the hospital that we're going to anticipate in two to three mm. years' time. Right. So, um, Yiming, what would you describe to be the number one trend in the private healthcare industry right now? And how does it influence the way you take the company forward? I understand you mentioned a lot of plans earlier, but uh, anything in particular uh, relating to this trend? 
Yeah, I think healthcare today or patients' access to healthcare is relatively different from the past. Well, one thing that doesn't really change uh, is the patients, when they visit the doctor, they will uh, explore options together with the doctor in a collaborative manner. I think that is something that would not change uh, from a dynamics point of view. But what has changed is patients now know the options and the choice they have. From, the, from which hospital to go to, from which doctor to go to, I think that is something that has changed. I think what IHH is doing as, as a company is really to provide the options upfront through enhancing doctor's information and getting our, uh, 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 our My Health 360 app, for example, so that the patients can actually assess and evaluate on their own which hospital, which doctor even, and even which uh, location to really go to if they need to seek treatment. Right. And uh, well, uh, give me one very quick one before we let you go. What are your future plans for 2023? And I understand you have offices dotted uh, across the region as well. So which are the geographical markets you're looking to tap this year? Yeah, we'll continue to go deeper into our traditional uh, markets, meaning Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, Malaysia, China, for example. I, I think this has served us well and we do have a reputation there. So we'll continue to endeavor in those markets where we have done well and explore other markets like Bangladesh and India, all right, where we're also beginning to see more such patients coming to us. I think at the end of the day, is what Mao Yi hopes to do is to build on its own multi-generational uh, reputation that we already have, which is a unique uh, value proposition for us. And then from there, we're also riding on the reputation of our doctors, especially the senior doctors who have been with us for decades. They are the ones, together with the, the reputation of the hospital, that is going to go into these new or old markets to, to continue to go deeper and bring in more patients for us. Right. Thanks very much, Yiming. That was Yong Yiming, CEO, Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.